Slam for August 9th, 2020, Sunday. Your host this week, myself, Lee. I am joined just off mic by several cats. And my wife, Krista, is playing some Xbox. We're here to talk about one show and one show only. And that's AEW Dynamite for August 5th, 2020, which is a Wednesday on TNT from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, the official home of AEW Dynamite. Uh, this was a fantastic show. Uh, kind of a little something for everything, for everyone. Especially if you like tag team wrestling, because boy howdy, was there a lot of that. Uh, Tony Schiavone welcomes us to Dynamite. JR and Taz joined him on commentary. No uh, mention of Excalibur yet, or what has befallen him, or uh, if he will be back. We're going to start off uh, with some action right off the bat with Elite and FTR versus the Dark Order. This is the Young Bucks, Kenny, Hangman, and FTR versus the Dark Order, which consists of a number of their jobbers and Colt Cabana and Brody Lee. Uh, Nick Jackson and Brody Lee start things off. Nick constantly attacking uh, Matt, sorry, uh, constantly attacking from the ropes, eventually tagged in. Uh, Nine comes in to face him. Young Bucks continue to light up the opposition. Ten and Anna Jay hanging out right next to the uh, the announce booth. Chaos in the ring. Hangman tagged in. Uh, tag team beat down with Kenny Omega. Kenny goes for a cover. Uno breaks it up. And everyone is in the ring. Uh, so it was extra distracting uh, on this particular edition of... AW Dynamite as to who was the legal man, uh, what what the referee's actual guidelines are for maintaining tag matches when it's six on six like this and people are constantly, uh, let's say, interjecting uh, from outside the ring or jumping in for combo moves uh, where there are no no visible tags. Uh, it it does get a little hard to follow. Uh, unless you don't care about that stuff. I don't know if it's like a loose, like, he could have tagged him if he wanted to. Uh, but when you do tag someone, they get 10 seconds to exit the ring or help you with a tag. Uh, so occasionally here, Dark Order of anyone uh, was following more of the tag rules. And this is something that kind of is, is a constant throughout the night. So I don't know how much I'll mention it. Um, but I thought they were making a big effort to go, to go in the other direction to make sure, uh, it, you know, it was coming across on TV that tags were being made. Uh, and that the rules were being upheld. But whatever, I digress. Chaos in the ring, Hangman tagged in, a tag team beat down with Kenny Omega, Kenny goes for cover, Uno breaks it up, and everyone's in the ring. Four on three, triple vertical suplex with uh, Kenny, Hangman, and FDR against three members of the Dark Order. Cobana, Cabana, Cobana, Cabana, I think, uh, in the ring to face Kenny, runs like a coward. Kenny chases him outside the ring and eats a boot to the face from Brody Lee. Back in the ring, Stu and Uno light up Kenny. Dax is tagged in, he's fired up. Uh, Cash is tagged in shortly afterwards. They beat down Dark Order jobbers and stew. Crowd noise is generally better this week. Uh, I think it was legitimately an audio glitch or something in the production last week where the, the crowd was so quiet. Because as far as you can tell, the crowd is is the same. It's the same people week in, week out uh, making the crowd noise. But this uh, this sh this whole show in particular maybe is one of the better ones in terms of, of the mix. Still missing Excalibur on ca commentary I have uh, mentioned here. Uh, you know, Taz is great. But Excalibur for for play by play uh, move calling and putting over uh, so, some of the more uh, let's say contemporary or AEW centric uh, things he is missed for sure. Uh, mess of tags. Hangman and Kenny end up in the ring, double teaming teaming Stu Grayson. Uno wanders into the ring to eat some signature moves. Dax lands weird and supposedly has an injury, uh, so everyone escorts him out of the ring with Kenny remaining in the ring. Uh, and the, the numbers get the best of him here as he fights one on six for a good minute 
before he's joined by his allies. Matt Jackson is nearly pinned by Brody Lee. Stu and Uno continue to beat him down. Dark Order tags in mass and beat the Bucks down. And injured Kenny returns. Dark Order continues to get the heat on Matt. Kenny and Nick looking for a tag. Kenny and the Bucks are dominated by the numbers of Dark Order. FTR and Hangman nowhere to be seen. Matt Jackson furiously flips and splashes on the Dark Order. Hangman appears in the corner, gets the hot tag, clears the ring, elbows, clotheslines, dives outside of the ring. Uno prevents him from hitting the Buckshot. Lariat, Alan Angels? Alan Angles? He's the guy with the wings tattoo on his chest. I believe it's Alan Angels. Uh, gets some offense on Hangman. Hangman returns to the top rope with a moonsault to the men gathered outside the ring. Brody stares Hangman down from the side of the ring. Brody tags himself in. Hangman and Brody Lee stare each other down. Brody headbutts him, shot for shot in the center of the ring. Numbers get the best of the good guys again. Colt Cabana goes for the pin on Hangman. Kenny breaks it up, eats a double foot stomp for his troubles. The tag champs lay heavily damaged in the ring. Stu attempts to pin Hangman, who cut, uh, kicks out at two. Bucks return with a super kick party to clear the ring. Kenny and Bucks deliver a Snapdragon super kick to Brody. Brody dodges a last call from uh, Kenny and Hangman. Uh, Bucks and Kenny dumped outside the ring. Dark Order hold them down. Brody levels Hangman with the discus clothesline and pins him. One, two, three. Brody laughs as the Dark Order pose on the ramp. And the bad guys win this one. And Hangman Page takes the pin. Brody Lee getting in his head here. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to be a singles program coming up at the, the pay-per-view. And also there will be a tag match as Kenny... And Hangman are still the uh, the champs here. I don't know what that's building to. Of course, you have FTR uh, recently properly signed with AEW, and they should be involved in the the championship uh, picture pretty soon. So, curious to see where that goes. Earlier today, we see the best friends pull up in Trent's mom's van, a van that we've seen on a previous episode, uh, as the best friends have been dropped off at wrestling by their mom before. Uh, but then we cut back to tonight. AEW World Championship match. Number five contender, Darby Allen versus John Moxley. Uh, we cut to John Moxley. He was looking uh, pensive in a parking lot here. Uh, he's been wrestling ghosts. People who cared about me told me not to do, don't do this and don't do that. Understands that Darby is the same way. John has become the advocate, the voice of reason. He's become the, the thing he hated. Uh, knows Darby won't stop until he can't move. Won't uh, come to mind once that John... Whoa. Uh, it won't come to mind for Darby that John nearly broke his neck the last they wrestled. Uh, I don't want on my resume that I ended Darby's career. He's my favorite, but the title is on the line, and I gotta do what I gotta do. Uh, don't try to talk. He won't try to talk Darby out of it. But please, when it's time to stay down, just stay down. Uh, he wouldn't listen to him. Moxley says, and we go back to Taz, who is looking forward to it. So. Uh, we have Moxley here basically putting over Darby, saying, hey, he's one of my favorite guys in the company here. I know he's got no quit, and he reminds me of me, basically. Uh, so I know he's not going to listen to this, but just so he knows, when uh, when it comes down to it, he's going to put him down. Uh, Cody and Matt Cordona, formerly Zack Ryder of WWE, versus The Dark Order, a couple guys from there. It is uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, I believe. I know their names. I cannot necessarily tell them apart. I believe John Silver has the long hair. Alex Reynolds has the beard. Correct me if I'm wrong. MJF update tonight, and Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy will have a debate. A verbal debate. That's right. More tag team wrestling. Santana and Ortiz versus the Best Friends. Best Friends on a winning streak here. They are the number two ranked team, I believe I heard uh, heard mentioned here. 
Pressure on Santana and Ortiz here to uh, to take him down on behalf of the Inner Circle. A few minutes into the match, and we're headed to picture-in-picture, picture, uh, and there's some sort of sweepstakes they keep mentioning that I've, I've not paid attention to once, but look forward to that. Trent Northern Light suplex on Ortiz for a near fall. Tags in Chuck. Ortiz gains the upper hand. Trent in to manhandle Santana. Tag team Ortiz who rolls out of the ring. The best, fr be uh, the best friends. The best friends hug it out. Uh, now we go to picture-in-picture. Picture. Back from break, Ortiz and Trent are lighting each other up with chops in the middle of the ring. Trent fires up, but is thwarted by Santana Ortiz, uh, the former of which dives on Chuck, sending him over the barricade, and we lose Chuck here for a bit. Uh, he lays dazed amongst the librarians I have written here at the ringside. Santana Ortiz frequently tagging as they continue to lay the smackdown on Trent. Near fall, double-team vertical suplex on Trent, and he kicks out at one. Ortiz immediately goes for another cover for a two. Trent, with a desperate clothesline, buys himself some time. Chuck has returned to his corner, and Trent makes that tag. Chuck stuns Santana Ortiz with a tour of his move list. Near fall on Santana. Ortiz tagged in. Near fall on him as well. A battle damage Trent is tagged in. Ortiz sits upon the top rope. The best friends hit a double team suplex, uh, superplex. Rather, Ortiz hams it into the camera. He like sells this thing by sitting up immediately after taking it and just finds the camera that's pointed right at him. Perfect, Ortiz. Keep it up. Santana pulls Chuck out of the ring. Then he and Ortiz pre uh, proceed to dismantle Trent. Chuck uh, interrupts a sweet uh, sweeper by decking Santana off the top rope. Trent rolls up Ortiz and catches him with a cradled three count, and the best friends win. Ortiz is beside himself that he got caught here. Special words from MJF. We are live from his campaign headquarters. MJF enters a room full of banquet tables, stickers and signs, letter them. Uh, MJF 2020, we deserve better. Uh, or you deserve better. I think it's we. Uh, he proceeds to berate and abuse his employees. A phony poll on TV shows MJF is well ahead of Moxley in the pools, uh, and uh, MJF reminds us that we deserve better. Matt Hardy is in the ring with a microphone. He explains why he came to AEW, to be creative, what he uh, was being stifled at at WWE. Talks some bullshit about his career and his personalities. Uh, puts over a private party, and uh, Sammy Guevara says he just wants to help them out, and that Sammy needs to uh, depart from the Inner Circle and Chris Jericho. Uh, at this point, I'm just kind of marveling at, at Matt Hardy's hair, uh, that he has it tucked so tightly into a ponytail. And uh, me and Matt Hardy do share one thing in common. A love of drones. Uh, no, our hair. Uh, we both have very wirely curly hair. And he's uh, he's rocking quite a mane at this time. And uh, it looks like he's got it like shellacked. Like it's gelled back. Uh, but it is it is just tight to his head. And then a little bit of a ponytail in the back. But when you see him uh, as his uh, Damascus persona. When he's got the, the full fuzzy hair thing. it's It's a lot of hair. Uh, so that that either hurts uh, that he has it tied so tightly in a in a ponytail, or there's so much product in it. Whatever the case, Matt Hardy, uh, nice hair. Anyway, uh, I no longer wish to help you, he says to Sammy. I wish to hurt you. Sammy sneaks into the ring. The two men brawl in and outside of the ring. Matt slams him through a barricade and steps uh, and sets up a table. Sammy fights back, puts Matt upon the table, uh, kind of stumbles away and tosses a steel chair at Matt Hardy. Uh, that as far as we know, Matt was expecting, but I think it was meant to be maybe a gimmicked chair. This looked like a full-on steel chair. In any case, it glances off of his forehead and uh, splits him open the hard way here. Matt Hardy is immediately laying in a pool of his own blood on this table. Uh, he is a bloody mess as Sammy does an insane 450 flip from the ramp through Matt and the table. He's just laying there gurgling in his own blood. Uh, and wow, uh, nasty cut here. Apparently this was an accident, Sammy 
was meant to uh, to hit him with with some kind of gimmick chair. Either way, the way it was thrown, the way it glanced off his head, I don't know if this injury could have been avoided. It could be avoided by not throwing chairs at people's heads. Uh, Matt did appear to be ready for it and tried to get his hands up, but mistakes happen. And uh, unfortunately here, Matt Hardy bleeds more uh, than John Moxley does in the main event that we are coming up on. Uh, cut to outside, Santana Ortiz with a mad ball and a sledgehammer destroy Trent's mom's car. Van. Car van. Uh, you think we're a joke? Ortiz says into the camera. Santana writes Sue, which I'm to understand is Trent's mom's name, on the hood of the car with a red X through it and spray paint. Ortiz tosses the hammer through the windshield of the car, and the men leave. Awful. Awful for Trent's mom. Uh, but people were complaining about this. Oh, why was no one watching them? They're like next to the production trucks. Why did no one see them vandalizing this? That's not the point. We have a pro wrestling show where some guys uh, beat up a van with a sledgehammer. That's I don't know what more you need than that uh, as a setup. Uh, Long John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order versus Cody and Matt Cardona. We get pyro, purple lights, and lasers. And uh, what I can only describe as a theme song for Matt Cardona. It, it started good. It sounded like kind of like an 80s synth thing going on which i was really digging and then like the the lyrics kicked in and it was like rock country with synth it was uh i i couldn't really good get a good ear of it uh of, of at this particular point so we uh review forthcoming uh matt cordona makes his debut in aw in this match cody comes out with arn anderson shortly after that uh, I began reading a news story about Chris Jericho uh, as the match started here, and the implications of which I hope don't come to pass, uh, that Fozzie has been doing shows. I think on the most recent the podcast with Chris Jericho, when he talks to Arn and Tully, which I, I highly recommend you listen to, uh, Fozzie's doing like a show in North Dakota or something this weekend, and uh, Chris Jericho's taking, uh, rightfully so, a little bit of uh, heat for running those shows now the, the the implications i don't i don't care that chris jericho is doing shows i don't care that people are attending chris jericho's shows of course chris jericho has to make his way uh to these AEW recordings tapings and of course they are extensively t uh, testing all these wrestlers and everybody who's involved in these these recordings but uh you know you have a big match coming up chris jericho uh presumably to put orange cassidy over uh we, you know the 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 show's trending upwards i don't think this is like a baseball player who likes bull riding in the offseason in terms of danger. Uh, but I would say it should be one or the other right now. And doing a live show just just sounds ridiculous and is getting you the, the wrong kind of heat. Unless, of course, Chris Jericho, being the genius that he is, is, is working towards an out for next week's match. That if the match is inevitable, that Orange Cassidy must win. I'm talking in storyline right now, of course. Uh, that Chris Jericho can falsely test positive for COVID because he's been doing rock shows uh, in the Northern States or something. And that's how they forlow the, the match or something like that. I think that would be awful. Um, but here we are. Uh, anyway, Matt is looking huge, uh, less tan uh, than his, his run in, but uh, still looking um, maybe the best I've ever seen him. Yeah. Uh, he and Cody tag in and out dark order, get some heat on Cody. They light him up with elbows for a near fall. Cody swats away some attacks, uh, but takes a pretty good beating here. Matt looking for the hot tag is punched off the apron by Alex Reynolds. I think it's Alex Reynolds. Cody gets his ass kicked into picture in picture. Matt straining to reach Cody, who is several meters away from him, which is always one of my favorite tag team wrestling bits. Uh, and of course it's Matt Cordona doing it, but like just, just straining to reach someone who he was, he, he, the straining is not, 
you aren't reaching for a remote behind the bed or something like that, where it's just like, if I had that extra few centimeters, I got this thing. No, this guy is several meters away from you, and you straining to Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, reach him is, uh, is a very silly visual. Anyway, Cody uh, counters a flurry of chest kicks with a backslide, flips and attack, uh, attacking Dark Order Man, uh, <laughs> one of the two of them, tags in Mad Cordona, top rope missile dropkick, flies through the ropes and kicks both opponents in the face. Huge sit-down powerbomb for a near fall. Cody back in the ring. Springboard cutter. Dark Order with an excellent combination of moves. Leaves Cordona dazed. Takes a near fall. I I'm underselling this here. This this combo of moves by uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds was was very good. Uh, and it makes me very confused about the dark, where the Dark Order is supposed to rank. Because obviously they're involved in so many programs, they're going to get wins. Brody Lee won against one half of the uh, the tag champions here tonight. He pinned them. Clean. Uh, so, so what are they supposed to be? Are they, are they thorough jobbers, uh, fodder for people on their way to, to another program? Or are they supposed to be a, a, th a looming threat? I'm not really sure. And more and more Dark Order is happening on these shows. Um, you know, whatever. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Dark Order with an excellent combination of moves, as I mentioned. Cody back in the ring, unsure who is legal uh, or what's happening in that regard. Ref points out the legal men, Matt Cardona and John Silver. Cardona hits a move, which I didn't quite uh, get the name of here. Gets a pin. He and Cody celebrate in the ring. I looked it up. Matt Cardona, his his move, his finisher is a radio silence, which is like a jumping uh, famouser, like a jumping, uh, what do you call it? Like a Like a bulldog? He jumps up, he puts your head between his knees, basically, and then slams you to the mat. Looks good, and it looks uh, cool when a, a guy this big does a move like that. Uh, I think Trent's got some offense like that as well. Speaking of Trent, him and Chuck are fuming in the parking lot. Uh, this van is now up on blocks, as well as being uh, trashed by a sledgehammer. Uh, the rematch is set, and uh, if, they, if best friends win, the, the Santana Ortiz will have to apologize to Trent's mom on speakerphone. I like the specification. I obviously don't want you to face-to-face -face apologize to my mother or anything, but say sorry on speakerphone. Uh, Sammy Guevara is out with his card gimmick as we head to commercial break. Justin Roberts announces, uh, it's debate time, baby, introduces our special guest moderator for the Jericho Cassidy debate. Eric Bischoff, looking tan, silver-haired, smiling, takes a seat and pulls out a single sheet of notes. Uh, this is AEW Super Wednesday Debate 2020. Eric Bischoff, of course, I, I do not need to explain who this guy is. Of course, he was, him and Paul Heyman were recently hired by WWE, both assigned to to SmackDown, in Eric's case, and Raw, in Paul Heyman's case, respectively. Uh, not a year and a half later, both men now find themselves not in that position, and Eric Bischoff is here appearing as a personality. Uh, of course... People are always apprehensive about Eric Bischoff being a part of anything. As a character on a pro wrestling show, I don't think you can say anything bad about Eric Bischoff's performance here. Uh, questions uh, were gathered from various social media accounts or something like that. Eric introduces first Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho is out next. Jake Hagar follows close behind carrying a soiled $7,000 white jacket just soaked in orange juice. Podiums are set up in the ring with the moderator's desk at the top of the ramp. Good visual. Looks great. Flashback replay of the orange juice spot that ruined the jacket. Eric asks Jericho, why does Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy hate each other so much? You can tell it was from social media because of the construction of the question here. Jericho calm and collected calls Orange's outfit a disgrace. Orange Cassidy, of course, wearing his usual denim attire with a t-shirt of his own face. Orange pulls a clip-on tie from his pocket and puts it on. Uh, I despise you. He continues to call uh, Orange Cassidy names here. Eric asks Cassidy for his response... Orange Cassidy says nothing. 
Who's the biggest star, best wrestler between you two? Jericho puts himself over, has won many titles around the world. Cassidy hasn't left Florida. Says if uh, they were in high school that he would steal his lunch money, steal his girlfriend, uh, make him do his homework, calls him a nerd. Jericho puts over his own $10,000 suit and how good he looks. Eric asks Cassidy for a response and Orange Cassidy says nothing again. Global sea levels have been rising over the century. What are your thoughts on the situation? Jericho calls for the next question, as this question is not relevant to the match. Cassidy pulls up the mic to his face and drops some scientific knowledge about global warming. With very specific uh, scientific figures here. Jericho is slack-jawed and Eric perks up. Suddenly very excited that we have a debate here. Why is Orange Cassidy so popular is the next question. Jericho fires up on him again, calls out the smart marks. For being lazy, uh, says that Orange Cassidy is a pimple on the ass of pro wrestling, and he's gonna pop you, boop. And he he literally made the sound boop. Uh, Jericho promises to make him pay for the soiled jacket, uh, and that after the match, Orange Cassidy will quit wrestling. And when he's working at a Java Juice, or uh, Jericho will come in and order something very complex and not tip him. Eric asks Cassidy for his response. And once again, Orange Cassidy has nothing to say on the matter. Last question: Why does this rematch mean so much to both of you? Cassidy interrupts Jericho uh, and asks him to shut up. I know what this is. You scheduled a debate against a guy who doesn't talk, trying to embarrass me. I'm not embarrassed. I don't care. I do care about next week, that match. Biggest match of my life. But guess what? It's also the biggest match of your life too, Chris. Can you imagine? You've done it all. What if Chris Jericho loses to the guy who puts his hands in his pockets? He pulls off his sunglasses. Look at me. Into my eyes. Look at the man who's going to embarrass you. And next week, the man who's going to beat you. Eric Bischoff has no choice but to immediately declare Orange Cassidy the winner. Jericho is incredulous. I'm going to kick the shit out of you next week. You know what? I'm going to kick the shit out of you right now. Get him, Jack. Jake? I have Jack written here. One day I'll figure out what that guy's name is. Orange Cassidy is ragdolled into the corner. uh, And Jake Hagar throws him into the Judas effect. The spinning arrow. uh, Arrow. Spinning elbow from Chris Jericho. Best friends arrive to clear the ring. Best friends have had a busy night. They had a match. They had their, their van destroyed. Here are their buddies getting ragdolled in the ring. Tony Schiavone is with Britt Baker and her crew. But before we talk about that, yeah, the Chris Jericho uh, Orange Cassidy thing was great. Obviously, uh, the, the man doesn't talk only when he needs to. It, it was all good. I mean, it all kind of depends on your personal enjoyment of the delusional Chris Jericho character, which, of course, I find incredible. And then Orange Cassidy, which people are... are I would say split pretty 50-50 on as a character. Um, obviously, the guy can work. Obviously, the guy can cut a promo. Uh, but ultimately, his gimmick is the the apathetic wrestler who's over it. And in the world of make-believe, uh, this seems to rub at least the older crowd the wrong way. But fuck them. They're going to be dead soon anyway. Uh, Britt gets to pick uh, Swole's opponent that Swole must go through before getting at Britt. Britt, of course, here has a taped-up nose, is still sitting on her weird robotic throne thing. Britt sends in her assistant Reba into the ring. Reba apparently is also the hairstylist and like makeup person for AEW. Not just Britt Baker's assistant. Swole's music hits. She enters with a lot of attitude, whips off her coat and glasses. Reba and Swole Swole square off. Reba uh, is not without offense, but fights like she's unsure of herself. Misses a moonsault and is shortly pinned by Swole who taunts Britt. So uh, Reba here is a rebel from another wrestling promotion and knows how to wrestle, uh, has a good look in her own right, uh, but is doing like a weird thing here where she she knows what she's doing, but she's not, which always reads really weirdly in pro wrestling, like uh, climbing to the top rope, deeming it too high, and then going down a rope to do a moonsault. 
if you're, if you're doing a moonsault, uh, go to the top rope. You'll have more space to do the moonsault. It's, you know, tripping, trying to get into the ring and that kind of stuff. The the idea here that she's a pro wrestler that hasn't wrestled in a long time, I guess. I don't know. It's a little weird, but poor Reba gets squashed here. And uh, it looks like Swole and Britt at the pay-per-view. AEW world title match is next, but next week we're going to have Cody versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, the rematch. Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus Jurassic Express, which will be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Stu... Grayson and Evil Uno versus the Young Bucks and the Rock and Roll Express will be hanging out with Arn and Tully doing something. Darby Allen enters wearing a John Moxley match with one of the eyes poked out so we can see out of it. Moxley emerges. Uh, this is his 158th day as the reign, uh, reigning as world champ. Uh, and I believe the tag champs, Kenny and Hangman, just passed 200 days as champs. I could be wrong about that, but I believe that was a figure I read. Bell rings, Moxley rips the mask off Darby's face, Darby hits him back, and Moxley sends him to the mat with a huge, huge clubbing hit here. Uh, Darby already bleeding from the mouth after this first hit, Moxley laying in the heavy attacks, size winning over agility to start the match. Darby with some desperate throws, tosses Moxley to the ramp, and comes out flying on top of him. Moxley clubs him, throws him from the top of the ramp into the ring post, and we go to picture-in-picture. Picture. Moxley taunts Darby, who struggles to re-enter the ring. Both men tumble outside. Darby mounts Moxley, lays in some shots of his own, gains momentum back in the ring, and hurls his body at Moxley. Darby grinds Moxley's hand on the top of the ring post, releases, and again hurls himself against Moxley. Darby just throwing his literal body at Moxley to try to do some damage here. Uh, sequence of moves back in the ring. Darby with a destroyer gets a two count on Moxley. Darby climbs uh, for the coffin drop. Moxley grabs him from behind and tosses him the length of the ring. Both men down. The ref is counting. Warlow appears and calls to the ref to ringside. MJF flies in and decks Moxley with the title, cutting him open here. Moxley lays bleeding. Uh, I don't know if the title shot actually actually cut him open here. It looked more like Moxley bladed himself at the perfect time, as uh, I, I could not tell you definitively what was done here. Darby realizes the opportunity and hits a coffin drop. Moxley kicks out at two. Darby collapses with his head in his hands. What does he have to do? A, da uh, a dazed and bleeding Moxley stumbles to the ropes. Darby lays in wait, uh, laying in right hands. Darby gives Moxley everything he's got, move after move, to the top rope for another coffin drop. Moxley catches him and applies a sleeper hold. They roll around the mat. Darby reaches limply for the rope. Moxley begs him to tap audibly here. To their feet, Moxley hits a gotch-style pile driver, and Darby kicks out. Moxley walks the circle, crouches in the corner, and crosses himself, picks up a limp, the limp carcass of Darby Allen, and hits the paradigm shift to pin him one, two, three. Moxley cradles his head. MJF backstage, livid pissed that his uh, distraction didn't work. Obviously, MJF uh, much like would much like to take on the small uh, Darby Allen than the huge and imposing John Moxley. Moxley talks into Darby's unconscious ear as the show goes off the air. Uh, great stuff I've written here. Uh, yes, the the story of this match that in the play by play I didn't really get out here that Moxley. Not that he didn't take Darby seriously. He took Darby Allen very seriously. He knew that Darby would be desperate and wouldn't quit. Uh, and Darby took the chances he could here. Got a lot of offense on Moxley. But Moxley is just the dominant fighter here. And unfortunately has to put uh, put his boy down here. Uh, th great. I, th the visual of Moxley cradling his head. Like of, of putting this guy out. Pinning him one, two, three. And then running back to him and cradling his head. Making sure he's okay. And holding him as the uh, show goes off the air. Is some great babyface, babyface stuff. 
the respect angle that, that Cody usually does in his matches as TNT champion. And let's talk about that, that Scorpio Sky is a guy who's great. Uh, he's a great hand in the SCU and, and doing tag matches and, uh, and stuff like that. But we repeatedly talk about a singles push for this guy. And uh, a lot of these guys, obviously you have people like Jungle Boy who, uh, you know, they're up-and-comers. They're young. You don't have to pull the trigger on them yet. But uh, guys like Scorpio Sky and your Darby Allens here, uh, they got to win something eventually. And I think Darby Allens actually going to spin out into uh, a program with Brian Cage, uh, who wasn't on uh, the show here. But Darby and Brian uh, for that that F... What, what was the belt? The, the FTW belt? Yeah. Anyway... That was the show. Uh, that's AEW Dynamite for the week. Next week's looking uh, looking juicy. Wednesday night in general was insane for ratings. AEW did over 900,000 viewers. I think NXT trailed them with 750. Both shows, that's huge, man. They combined to destroy Raw. Uh, Wednesday is quickly becoming the night for wrestling. And, uh, and that's great. I, I assume the uh, women's tag team... Tournament thing started on Monday. Hadn't heard much out of that. I think, uh, of course, Cameron uh, of, of, of WWE, as we mentioned, uh, paired with Nia, Nyla, got to to wrestle on that. And I'd heard kind of decent things out of it. So you check that out. Let me know about it. Uh, if you are a fan of the Public Beta podcast, the compilation episode of Fallout New Vegas is available for listening now, as well as our uh, episode from this previous week where we start in on Red Dead Redemption 2. Look for that and look for part two coming up this Wednesday at Tits Iceberg is where you can reach us on Twitter. LeahTitsCasper.com is my email. Leave a question, topic, or something interesting for us anywhere you see this podcast posted. Thank you as always. I've been your host, Lee, and that's the Sultans of... Slam and welcome to-